0: Fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. As we have been reporting, advocates say all the hoopla and the hurry around legalizing recreational marijuana uh, means that patients who use medical marijuana are being overlooked. Today, more than 50 criminal defense lawyers signed an open letter to Ottawa claiming that medical marijuana patients may end up unfairly punished under the proposed system because of the challenges of preventing high driving. And uh, as we've also discussed here before, there isn't... Exactly a test. Right now it is a sobriety test. Uh, And anyway, the lawyers say that uh, the proposed limit of THC in the blood uh, could unfairly penalize up to 200,000 licensed medical users because they consume the stuff regularly and that could leave them with a higher level of THC in their blood even days after using the drug. So on the line, we have one of the lawyers who signed the letter, Sarah Lehman from Richmond, B.C. Hello, Sarah. Hi there. So what prompted you and uh, your colleagues to write this letter to the Justice Department?
2: Well, I wasn't involved in actually writing it, but I did put my signature on it. Uh-huh. And the reason why I support this is exactly as the letter outlines. This law... Um, seems to be unfairly uh, designed and and not thought through very well before being passed into law that's going to have significant consequences for people if they're charged under it. I mean, the imposition of a criminal record is serious, and we don't want to see people who aren't engaging in criminal activity being branded as such as a result of this uh, poorly crafted law. Mm-hmm. Now,
1: if you have um you know the the business about if you have a higher level because you've taken it days before could you is there a possibility you could still be high and and I know that a lot of uh the point of medical marijuana is that it actually doesn't make people high. That's considered a quote overdose response
2: yes, and that's one of the most interesting things around the legalization of marijuana um, is that dealing with the question of impairment is so much different than it is when we think about it, for instance, in the context of alcohol. So with alcohol, there is a positive correlation between the amount of alcohol that's found in the bloodstream and the level of impairment. So we can predict that. We know that at 100 milligrams percent. With alcohol in the blood, every person will be impaired by alcohol. The same cannot be said about marijuana. It seems that there's no real correlation between the level of THC that can be stored in the body and found in the bloodstream and the way that that person is being affected. So whether or not they're actually impaired.
1: And um, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around this uh, that, that there's also an opposite thing. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong that that you can use marijuana and, and be high, but if it's just uh, you know a, an occasional or a one-time thing, it might not show up on your blood.
2: Yes, I mean testing for marijuana and testing for THC in the body is such a precarious thing. It's again so hard to tell, and that just has to do with the chemical compound, because THC is fat-soluble, whereas something, again, like alcohol, which we can um, more easily predict the way that that's going to interact with the human body, um, is water-soluble. So, um, again, it's so hard for us to tell just based on um, a blood test whether or not a person is actually affected by it, whether they're impaired by it, and whether their behavior is going to be altered as a result of
1: what's in their bloodstream. And so what would you like to see happen to resolve this?
2: Well, I think that we need to come up with much, much better testing techniques. The technology just simply isn't there yet, regrettably. Um, And the technology needs to be able to catch up to these changes in the law and these social changes in order for us to pass laws that are meaningful and that make sense. So I think that's step one, is having the technology in place before we're drafting these laws.
1: Well, uh, that is, it's pretty sure uh, that's not going to happen. The government keeps saying uh, this is becoming law on July the 1st, 2018. Yeah,
2: a, it's a major concern. It's a major concern. I mean, police uh, um, detachments aren't ready, quite frankly, for this rollout. The training isn't there. The technology isn't there. And pushing it ahead in creating these laws that are relying on that training and that technology seems to be putting the uh, cart before the horse.
1: Yeah, a lot of people are saying that, um, and I'm sure this is a subject that we are going to revisit probably many times before July the 1st. Uh, Sarah Lehman, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: And that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. We now break for traffic and news.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.